Um, so some history I was unaware of yeah. about Detroit. And I was unaware of this too. And uh, that's why learning is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how much do you know about the Detroit Red Beat? I don't know much, but I'm about to find out. Uh, spring has sprung, we think. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Planting season is on the brains of many. Um, do you have a green thumb? I mean, uh, I wouldn't say, it's hard for me to say that because I have family members that are so great and fantastic at gardening. Um, I know you do as well. And I can keep plants alive. I can help them thrive. Um, However, I I don't feel like I have a green thumb. No, I don't really too much either. I mean, we've lived in apartments generally or things like that. So we haven't really had our own garden to take care of. Um, We were living on a family property up in the Thumb region and there was a very large garden there that had which we sort- did help care for yeah. harvest and things like that but uh, at the same time um it's not that simple there's a lot more that goes into it and we didn't plant the stuff or start the seeds or no. uh, go out there day to day but uh we were out there quite regularly yeah maybe getting rid of some weeds or t- uh, picking uh the plants or the veggies when it was time to uh get you know the potatoes and onions and other things and like fertilizing that. uh yeah. with our tank water from the aquarium we have yeah and that's one thing if people aren't aware if you have a fish aquarium and uh you take the water and when you clean it out that is very good for plants a lot of people probably do know that but it's uh it's basically like having free plant food it's free plant food yeah. for real Anyway, Um, the Detroit Red Beet. What is this all about? (laughs) Uh, So I don't consider myself to be much of a picky eater, but uh, beets are a vegetable that I have passed on (laughs) more than my fair share. However, uh, I am curious about anything having to do with Michigan and the history. So um, one of our coworkers looked into this a little further, why the popular root vegetable was named after the Motor City. I have had roasted beets. And those are pretty good. I mean, roasted anything so far I found is pretty dang good. (laughs) If you roast it. Uh, Roasted liver, I will never try. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'll I'll remember that. Um, Yeah, I've tried beets a lot of different ways. I want to like them. I've even tried pickled beets, which is one way that I thought I might like them. And I just didn't. There's something about the earthy dirt kind of taste with I don't know what it is. I think you'd like roasted. Well, maybe I'll give that a try sometime. So in uh, 1879, the Dexter Mason Ferry uh, was founded by DM Ferry and Company. They produced high-quality vegetable and garden seeds. Uh, the company had a big farm north of Detroit and five warehouses in the city used to germinate seeds. And many in Michigan maybe have no clue that Detroit used to be such a well-known hub for vegetable seed activity. This was before automobiles. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, so the Detroit Red, the famous Motor City Beat, was first introduced by DM Ferry in 1892 and has been considered the standard for all red beets ever since. This root vegetable is known for its blood red color and sweet taste, unlike other more well-known variations. Detroit red beets are known for their uniform smoothness, globular shape, and a lack of appearance of rings. So if you are interested in planting some, when should you do it? Well, the root vegetable takes about uh, 58 in total to mature. I think that's 58 days. Yeah, 58 days, yes. Um, The green tops can be harvested early and used for salad greens. Uh, The beets are also perfect for pickling, canning, and freezing. Yeah, so I don't think we've, we didn't have beets in our garden. 
Um, I no. think there were up there. I don't think there were. Maybe someone else had a garden. Uh, the field had sugar beets that were around the, the property. But uh, yeah, we didn't have beets in that garden. Yep. Um, but there's a video that uh, shows the harvesting of some of these Detroit dark red beets. And, and they are quite pretty. Yeah, they, they are pretty. Again, I'm not sure about the taste, although they're saying these ones are sweeter. Uh, so maybe I could give these a try or we could roast some of these Detroit red beets. I think we need to give a give it a try and give them a roast. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your weather and news. 95.3 WBCK and joining us now is Kara Beer of the Calhoun County and Battle Creek Area Chambers of Commerce. How are you doing this morning, Kara? I'm good. Good morning. Thank you for having us on. Very happy to have you on. And uh, there's some fun upcoming events that you wanted to talk about this morning. Absolutely. So we have started a new series this year, um, which is Cheers and Beer, which is a kind of a 501 after hours type activity that we do. Um, I'm the beer that that we're talking about in that. Um, (laughs) We also do a morning event. um, So they're every other month. And our morning event is Java and Beer. Um, Our afternoon is Cheers and Beer. Um, so we are really excited about this one. We started um, promoting this a little while ago, and it is Pizza, Puzzle, and Pub Night. And we are elated to say that we are sold out um, in our first year of trying this, so the inaugural year of doing this event. Um, and it is a fun, friendly competition. It's going to be happening at the Chamber office um, Thursday night. We are excited because we're going to be doing um, the competition is that the team of four puts together a 300 piece puzzle is going to eat a large pizza from Sir Pizza with the toppings of their choice. And they are also going to complete an 18 pack of domestic beer. Oh, wow. And the first and the first team to finish this will win a cash prize. But also we have for. Um, to make sure that everybody completes it. So it's not just when that first person finishes. We want to make sure that everybody continues on. Um, we have a, a prize for the team that finishes that is missing the one piece. <laughs> so one of the puzzles will be missing one piece. And they will also receive a cash prize as well. So we are excited about what this is and how this is going to work. Um, we just have been really happy with how many teams that we have and just it's just another opportunity to get folks in that want to do something unique and fun and network with other people Um, so we're we're going to be doing that we also have some stuff coming up I mean spring into the arts is just around the corner here in May we have our business excellence awards coming up in May Um, we have a ribbon cutting tomorrow I know it's 420 um, at 10 a.m., we are going to be at um, the, one of our new provisioning centers doing a ribbon cutting there, welcoming, welcoming them into the community. Um, there's a couple different things going on. Um, if you are interested in learning more about that, give us a call. We'll get you set up with information on that. We also have a great deal of um, activities going on because we also have a, a field trip Friday coming up next Friday where we're going out. And we're actually going to be at the Michigan Food Bank, the South Michigan Food Bank, um, learning about what kinds of products they have and the volunteer opportunities, as well as some of the great things that they've been doing. If you haven't been paying attention, they have been distributing 
record numbers of foods to families in our area. Um, and we want to make sure that people know that. So we've got a lot going on. Um, this is like a whirlwind couple of months for us here at the chamber. Um, but we have an amazing staff. And I, I bring that up because we have a brand new staff at the chamber here in Battle Creek. Um, so myself, um, Kara has been here. Um, I will be 11 years in June. But I have Bess Pong, who is my business um, and events manager. We also have um, Paula, I'm going to slaughter her name because she tells me I don't roll my R's correctly. <laughs> Paula Ferreira, she is my business and talent initiative specialist. Um, Tracy Rice is my new recruitment specialist. So we have folks on the ground out recruiting members to join our network. And then we have Jennifer Blank, who has been um, with me for 10 years as well. And she is my director of finance. And we are just absolutely thrilled to be fully staffed. Um, we'll be looking for interns for the summer here shortly. And we're just excited to have um, a lot of things going on. It's been two full years, so um, we, we're, we're pumped. Well, I was going to ask, are you actually participating in the pizza puzzle and pub <laughs> night? So I, I am not. Okay, because um, I'm gonna, like, I, putting that puzzle together has got to be very difficult after a few beers. And greasy well, fingers. Well, that's part of it. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, the puzzles are the the larger adult size grip <laughs> puzzle pieces. They are not the little ones. Um, we did 300-piece puzzles. And I will tell you, it is not easy no. um, to find 300-piece puzzles because <laughs> it is not. And normally, they're 500 or 1,000. So yeah. we had to search for 300 pieces. Um, that, you know, weren't the kids' large-scale puzzle pieces of eight. <laughs> what? Um, you know, we just we have a, a, an array of different puzzles um, that we'll be doing, and we have some really great folks that are going to do it, some great teams. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, wanted to mention, uh, we want to tell you again how much we appreciated being able to come out for the charcuterie event a few weeks ago. Um, That's been like a month now, I think. Or, yeah, it's probably been over yeah. a month. But that was that was so much fun, and uh, I was still just amazed by the creativity uh, that went into that event. So I want to thank you again for inviting us to judge it. Well, thank you so much for being judges on there. You know, we... We've laughed. I've now become um, my family. Every time I have to bring a passing dish, I now have to bring charcuterie boards. <laughs> um, I just did one for Easter. So I started laughing. Um, they have just really been something that that event was just a fun event. Um, you know, we had about 75 people in attendance in our first year. Um, so we had a lot of firsts going on because we're trying to really mix up our programming um, so that folks can get out there and, and do different things. Um, and, and we have some opportunities for community members to, to come in and experience some of the networking that we're doing um, and, and really try and grow our talent base here in our community, as well as just do some really fun things. All right, Kara Beer, the Battle Creek Chamber of Commerce, as well as Calhoun County. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day.
and your weather today. It's going to, we could still see some more morning flurries. Otherwise, it'll be a mostly cloudy day. Winds from the northwest up to 25 miles per hour and a high in the lower 40s. Tonight, mostly clear. Light winds and a low in the upper 20s. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds. Rain showers possible by evening and our high will be in the lower 50s. Right now, we have cloudy skies, a few flurries falling, 34 degrees, and it feels like 28. Yep, and as we get into the 8 o'clock hour, around 8.30, about a half hour from now, we'll give you that first cash code word of the day, a chance to win $10,000 and more opportunities throughout the day and the week right here on WBCK. So stick around. But first, uh, one childhood favorite cereal is reportedly making people sick. This isn't good. It is not good at all, but it is not a cereal from the Cereal City. Oh, okay. Some good news there, at least. Um, But this was one that was uh, my favorite growing up besides... um, uh, well, there's another one that was my favorite, but this is the one I got most of the time. You're not going to share what the other one was, huh? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Oh, yeah. The one that hurts your mouth. Yes. Yes. Because my favorite was uh, the peanut butter ones. And so it was those rock hard barrels that did, would uh, cut up your mouth. Yeah. Did you ever combine um, uh, peanut butter crunch with crunch berries? For like a PBJ cereal experience? No, I did not. Well, as you know, I'm not big on mixing my foods together. <laughs> it's, I don't know. That was something I, I used to do once in a while. Um, my my parents did not get into the sugary cereals very much. Like Honey Nut Cheerios, Life Cereal, um, things like that. It, it was a real treat if we got Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms or Tricks or one of those heavily sugared ones. But... Yeah. yeah, and the so I didn't eat a lot of cereal during the school year because I've never been a big breakfast person. Me either. Um, I like breakfast for dinner and sometimes on the weekends. So uh, summertime, I it was a lot of the time that I would eat cereal. And uh, yeah, I just uh, yeah, I didn't eat a lot of the heavy sugar cereals, but this one was my my jam. I yeah, I've always enjoyed cereal like in the evening once in a while like a before bed kind of thing not not <laughs> late first night thing snack the, yeah okay yeah late night snack but uh if you have lucky charms in your cupboard you um, might want to toss it yeah and if you've been feeling ill after eating your lucky charms i would probably be contacting somebody because they're looking into it right now <laughs> I want to talk to the manager <laughs> but, uh but yeah over a hundred complaints have been filed with the fda um reporting people getting sick from They're lucky charms. Yep, the FDA says they are investigating and taking it very seriously because several hundred people have also posted on a food safety website. Uh, That website is iwaspoisoned.com, complaining of nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, all after eating Lucky Charms. And again, we mentioned uh, not a Battle Creek area cereal. This is a General Mills product, uh, but obviously available in our area. So what is going on here? Um, TV stations were reporting that thousands of people had complained on a consumer website saying they got sick after eating the Lucky Charms. Uh, But Lacey, what does the cereal maker have to say about it? Well, Minneapolis-based General Mills says that, uh, which they're the ones that make the cereals, that it's working with the FDA, but noted that an internal investigation found no evidence of illness linked to Lucky Charms consumption. Um, And as of right now, there is not a recall. So they've kind of looked into it, and they're saying, well, on our end, uh, we're not seeing any problem. I would imagine they've 
uh, taken some boxes and have done some tests or things like that to see if there's something contaminating it? Well, the thing is, is that uh, breakfast cereal rarely results in foodborne illnesses because of the baking process. It typically kills any pathogens that may be on there, Uh, but the products can get contaminated after baking, such as when glazes are added or even during the packaging. Yep, uh, a founder of the consumer website, uh, it's an interesting name, IWasPoisoned.com. He says the site has fielded nearly 2,500 reports to date from people all over the country um, saying they got sick not long after they ate the Lucky Charms cereal. This is really kind of a strange uh, situation. It is. I started noticing stuff about a week and a half, two weeks ago about this. Um, caught my attention because, as I said, this was one of my favorite cereals growing up. Um, but, yeah, I luckily have not eaten it in more than a couple decades at this point. And, uh, yeah, it's making people sick, though. Like, kids are saying it. A lot of adults are saying the same thing as well. So... Uh, something going on there. Yep. So uh, you may want to avoid eating it uh, until they can figure out what's going on. Uh, but it's right now, again, the, the cereal makers side of it says we don't see any problems. But I don't think 2,500 people are just making it up. So. No, certainly not. And if uh, you're going to the store, I would think that uh, this might be a good time to pass on those lucky charms <laughs> for the time being, at least yeah. until it's all sorted out. Yep. We'll just have to keep an eye on that and see what happens. Uh, another thing that's been going on this year, the bird flu. Yes, and uh, it's affecting uh, prices at the store uh, on chicken. Yeah, and the DNR is now saying you may not want to use your bird feeder this year. So what is the bird flu? It's actually called avian influenza. It's a virus that affects birds and other animals. It can be cause widespread illness and death among birds. And it usually starts naturally in wild aquatic birds. But when the virus spreads to domestic chickens and turkeys, they can absolutely get wiped out. Yep. And a reminder, of course, the bird flu does not usually affect humans. But when it does, it can have a very high death rate. And once bird flu does get into humans, it can pass from person to person and that can lead to a, a word we don't want to say but it can lead to a pandemic uh, that is not being indicated right now with the situation though. oh fingers crossed right uh the dnr of course is suggesting now that uh, we take down our bird feeders um so why do they want us to take them down uh avian influenza and in birds work similar to chronic wasting disease in deer where the animals spread the virus by saliva nasal secretions, and feces of infected animals. The chronic wasting disease is the reason hunters are no longer allowed to bait for deer anymore. So as you can imagine, uh, if you got three birds eating simultaneously at one feeder and one of those birds has the flu, uh, several more are likely going to get it and continue spreading it. So basically, you're, you're trying to help the birds practice social distancing. <laughs> Yeah, basically your bird feeder is a a virus spreading machine. (laughs) Your bird feeder is a super spreader. (laughs) Well, and the other thing is, is that think about all the other animals you see eating out of those feeders. Squirrels. Squirrels, raccoons. um, What else? Those uh, possums. Yeah. Uh, Deer. I've seen deer eating out of them. I've seen videos of bear eating out of them. Thankfully, haven't seen that in person. Yep. Uh, So, man, as if we're already you know, not having enough struggles getting to springtime. Uh, and of course, people have bird feeders up in the winter often as well. But one of those spring activities is, oh, I'm going to fill the bird feeder and look at all the birds that are coming back to the area. And now they're killing that party for us too. But 
I mean, this is going on. It is. And we're already being affected by the bird flu. Uh, Eggs and chicken prices have uh, risen across the United States already. I've even heard at times of people having trouble even finding enough chicken for something that they wanted to prepare. Yep. uh, Just another effect of all the things going on. And uh, we've had uh, reports of the bird flu at a couple of uh, Kalamazoo County, I think, was the closest one. Yeah. Uh, That was several weeks ago. There's been a few reported in Indiana. I think I saw yesterday that there was more cases confirmed. It was Livingston County. Yeah, Upper Peninsula was another spot too. Um, So hopefully this isn't going to uh, get too out of hand. But we have more information about this on our website. And uh, yeah, you may want to just put up that bird feeder until we learn more about how bad this could get. Absolutely. And if you've got your own uh, flock in your yard of either chicken, turkey or geese or something of that nature, um, I know I will say a lot of zoos are even taking their birds inside. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of. I'm not uh, saying you should do that with yours, but uh, do whatever you can to lessen the risk for them. Yep. Um, While we're on the topic, last night, that squirrel that we saw outside, (laughs) (laughs) it was so cute. So there's a tree out by the road. And we saw this squirrel that was just gathering up what it could find on the ground, climbing up the tree and putting it away and then coming back down. We saw him do it like three or four times. Gathering up leaves and yeah. uh, all kinds of uh, yard debris. Building a little nest or whatever. I'm thinking it's, it's getting ready for a second winter. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, spring's not happening. Guess I'm going to have to... Uh, bulk up my, uh, some, my winter nest up again. Get some insulation in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back uh, with a look at your weather. Let me guess, he still mad at me Probably saying that I lied That I'm crazy, I'm off the deep end But did you ever think maybe He seemed a little too shady Cause he said forever I'm yours But he probably said it to me To you and to her it started off so good with every word he swore you were But I was never the only one And I'm sure I could never be Natalie Of course, you're listening to Adelie Ann of Battle Creek. She competed last night on NBC's American Song Contest and has made it through the first round. Yeah, she had to wait a long time. (laughs) Yeah, not only did she have to wait for the last week, but she was towards the end of the episode. She was the next to last performer. So she was uh, 55th out of 56 performers in order on the show over the last uh, five weeks. So uh, we were talking about, is that an advantage or a disadvantage? In some ways, it's an advantage because you kind of get to see uh, what you're dealing with. Well, she she is the youngest of uh, those competing on the show. Yeah. And so I think I think it's a little bit of a benefit that she got to see how everybody else's performances went and not have those uh, quite the bad nerves that somebody may be performing the first night would. Yeah, probably a lot more anticipation, though, and just yeah. eagerness. And um, we're so proud of her. And it's been fun to see the social media posts this morning uh, with her her mom and her dad and all her friends um, sharing clips and screenshots of them hugging each other after 
uh, showed her at the top of the leaderboard for last night's episode. And even though she got the jury award, which automatically puts her through to the next round, um, I still say you should go on and uh, support her and uh, vote for her. And if you go to our website at 953wbck.com, you can find an article, Battle Creek Teen Representing Michigan on NBC's American Song Contest. Um, we got a description of all the ways that uh, you can vote for her. Yeah, and I was trying to find a clip of the intro. Um, what they've done, again, if you're not familiar, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but uh, the show uh, features uh, one representative from every state or territory in the United States. And so before they perform... They each give um, oh, about a minute or two long uh, introduction of themselves, uh, where they're from, and they share some of the uh, unique things about their city and their state. Yeah, and they actually filmed that uh, in Battle Creek and at various locations around the state as well. So it was really cool to get to see that as well. Yep, and uh, a couple of the things she talked about related to Battle Creek, of course, uh, was the cereal. Yeah, I get and, to smell that cereal. <laughs> which is, it's one of those things people outside Battle Creek maybe don't realize is we uh, get the sweet smell of the cereal. It smells like cookies baking or something. Yeah, it does sometimes, depending <laughs> on what cereal is being made, for yeah, sure. If the wind's blowing the right way, yes. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think she talked a little bit about the automotive industry. Uh, her father um, works in the automotive industry. So. Which, coming from Michigan, uh, anybody that's got family is likely to have at least one relative who does. <laughs> I did. I know you did. Yes. And um, she also mentioned uh, that fun fact that Michigan is surrounded by more freshwater shoreline than any other place in the entire world. I think my favorite part besides the performance was when she used her hand to show where she (laughs) lived and was from. Our little trick uh, to show people where you're from. Yeah. And uh, so she pointed right to uh, where Battle Creek would be on her hand. So I think she did a good job besides the song, obviously, uh, highlighting a, a few good aspects of Michigan uh, that maybe are unique to people who don't live in the area. And how amazing uh, somebody at her age to go out there and compete with people like uh, Jewel, Michael Bolton, and Macy Gray, and uh, to do so well. Mm-hmm. And after we had her in the studio and she performed a song for us, uh, uh, something you mentioned a few times is this resemblance to uh taylor swift her music style her songwriting style absolutely reminds me of taylor swift when she was first getting started in the music industry who was also quite young um when she started well uh other people are hearing that too because kelly clarkson one of the hosts of american song contest last night um mentioned the same thing she's like "I'm, i'm getting a taylor swift vibe and then uh one of the members of the musical expert jury um who helps decide which singer gets to go through, uh, regardless of the fan voting, also uh, mentioned that too. Yeah. At, uh, and, you know, you kind of question yourself. I didn't know if uh, my opinion would uh, <laughs> would necessarily be reflected by others, but uh, it's nice to, nice to know that I still have my, my musical ears <laughs> on me. Well, and Ada's, in her introduction, a lot of times these singers will also say, well, I'm influenced by this singer or that singer. She actually didn't mention Taylor Swift. No. She mentioned Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. And Billie Eilish. Yes. As influences, which I Well, that makes more sense. I mean, they're a little closer to her age. Right. And I do, lyrically and even style-wise, I hear more of the Olivia Rodrigo influence maybe... More so than Billie Eilish. But I haven't heard all of her stuff, too. She may no. have 
she may have some other ones, but it was her song, Natalie, which you can look up and listen to on YouTube. Um, they have it on a lot of the music streaming devices, and I'm going to brag about it again. Um, if she makes it to the big, big time, uh, whether she wins this contest or not, I think she's got a bright future. Uh, WBCK was the first radio station to ever play one of her songs on the radio. <laughs> and don't forget to vote for her either. Absolutely. The semifinal round will begin this Monday, the 25th. We're not sure which episode yet uh, will feature Ada Leanne again, but we will let you know. And uh, as we've been mentioning, we are going to try to get her on the program again, uh, hopefully before the end of this week. Yeah, possibly possibly even tomorrow. So we'll get our fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll let you know as soon as we know. But right now we need to take a quick break. We'll be back with your chance at $10,000. Are you getting excited for uh, some warmer weather this weekend? Um, I would say it's beyond that point. <laughs> Desperate. It's desperation. Um, uh, desperate enough to go for a hike, maybe? I think a good hike is a nice, good thing to do. I think it would be a great way to, to celebrate warmer temperatures. How about uh, we head up to Baroda, Michigan? Is it Baroda or Barada? Mm, I don't know. Off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but there is a really nice hiking trail that connects two wineries. Yeah, so you can bookend the hike uh, with uh, some... A reward, yeah. so to speak. It's just about uh, an hour away. The Round Barn Estate Winery Distillery serves craft beer along with cocktails. Located in Baroda, I think you're right with Baroda. The Round Barn Estate also has live music during the summer, fire pits to enjoy your wine when it gets a little bit chilly, and even a couple of homes you can book for an extended stay if you want to do that. Well, that sounds quite nice. Uh um, however, what makes the Round uh, Barn Estate even more unique is the fact that you can travel to the nearby Tabor Hill Winery and Restaurant via a nature trail. Yep, and they were recently featured on uh, TravelAndLeisure.com. Uh, those trails, as they're called, connect the wine lovers to both the Round Barn Estate and Tabor Hill Winery. Yep, be prepared though. It isn't a quick 500-yard trip in total. The trail equals just over three miles of walking. Uh, don't get discouraged though. On the trail map, which you can see in this article up on our website, um, they've laid out the route to uh, make it about 1.15 miles round trip. Yep, that would be a little closer to what I could do. <laughs> um, there are trails for people of all experience levels. Um, you're encouraged to take the drink with you, um, but they have limited that to a glass of wine or beer or a cocktail uh, versus hollers, growlers, wine bottles. Of course, they don't want broken glass and they don't want people to be uh, falling over. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, trail difficulty levels are easily identifiable by uh, colors. So green is the easiest, orange being the hardest. Um, but whatever trail you choose, it'll certainly be a unique way to get from one winery to another. Yep, and they do have a few rules. Um, ah, rules are for suckers. Come well, on. Some of these are good. <laughs> Don't litter. Oh, that's a good one they for sure. They have trash receptacles uh, at both trailheads, so there's no reason to leave something behind. Uh, kids are welcome, but they have to be with an adult, and they're not allowed to have any wine. <laughs> uh, pets are welcome, too, but you have to keep them on a leash. Oh, but the kids are allowed to roam free? Come on. <laughs> kids can be on a leash, I guess, if you want. <laughs> uh, no firearms, no outside alcoholic beverages are allowed, and they discourage you from foraging as yeah, well. Don't forage. <laughs> but if you want to read more uh, about this unique spring idea, or you could do it in the summer or fall, uh, go to our website, 95.3wbck.com or the app and 
Check out the hiking trail that connects two wineries in Baroda, Michigan. Yeah, and if uh, for some reason you got a larger group, uh, you might want to make some reservations. Um, you could even possibly get a, a private room for your tasting as well. Sounds like a fun time. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your weather. Well, you know, uh, somebody actually introduced me to that as well. Ah, yeah, okay. uh, my best friend. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had to pass it on. It's only right. Uh, so I don't think it's any secret uh, that you and I are ready for spring. Uh, if if anyone's been listening to the show over the last few weeks, it I think comes it comes up, up daily. A few times <laughs> per day. Uh, uh, we've had a yeah. couple of tastes of spring. A couple they of tastes. It's have... just a teaser at this point, <laughs> uh, especially when we have snow again, like we had this morning and uh, last night. Um, but uh, there's somebody trying to convince us um, that uh, spring is genuinely Michigan's worst season. I, I guess if it's like this, I wouldn't even call this the worst, but it's still not uh, not to my liking. All right. And so we're going to go through some of the reasons that they are indicating that spring is the worst season. Because I think everyone's go-to, and my first thought was winter. You know, but there are people that absolutely love winter in Michigan. They love getting outside to go cross-country skiing, uh, to go snowboarding, skiing, ice skating. Um, those crazy people that want to go out uh, surfing oh, in our Great gonna, Lakes. I thought you were going to say ice no. fishing. <laughs> uh, no, the crazy people. Well, ice fishing is another thing, but those crazy wintertime surfers that have ice beards look yeah. like uh, monsters coming out of the lake. Yeah, but uh, we're we're going to see if uh, this person can convince us, uh, a fellow contributor of ours, that spring is genuinely Michigan's worst season. So Yeah, our co-worker acknowledges that it is quite the controversial statement to say that spring is the worst season in Michigan. Uh, but uh, she's going to try to convince us why uh, not picking on spring because uh, that's, that's not going to do good. But uh, spring does have some redeeming factors like flowers, plants uh, beginning to bloom, the start of warmer weather. Uh, allegedly, hmm. um, but uh, there there are some legitimate reasons. Okay, so allergies. Yeah, and that's that's a good one. Yeah, we both have to deal with that. This... Well, mine are year round, so it really doesn't make it worse that it's spring necessarily. I think mine gets a little bit worse during the springtime. Um, uh, spring and fall. If I'm going to have a, a worst allergy part, uh, that would be the time where I've, I've nearly been hospitalized a couple times because my allergies got so severe. <laughs> right. Potholes. That's another uh, one. Yeah. yeah good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get worse. Um, crazy temperature changes. Legitimate. Yeah. That whole, you know, fake spring two, fake spring yeah. three. <laughs> well, we go 40 degrees in the span of 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> snow in the middle of April. Yeah. It literally just happened. We're, we're well aware of that one. Um, there's always a good chance you're going to see it uh, snow multiple times in April. Mud. It gets yeah. Muddy. Your car gets dirty. You go to the car wash and you got to go back again. How about picking up the hidden dog poo in your yard? <laughs> Landmines left over from the fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they get pretty hidden uh, this time of year. Yep. Uh, uh, stink bugs. Uh, I don't favorite. think we've had one week where we have not seen a stink bug in our homes. It keeps the cats entertained. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, we see them often. And, uh, Spring cleaning, I don't necessarily think of being a bad thing, though. I mean, it's just something that feels good to get done in my book. Yeah, so spring cleaning, I'll say that's that's okay. I mean, it's not fun to do, but it is... It's I don't a, know. It's pretty satisfying yeah, once you get it done. Absolutely. Construction season, of course. Uh, yeah. We know that's underway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the orange barrels are back out. Uh, 
This is one I I agree with and can feel the layers of clothing and trying to figure out what to you know you got to wear a shirt maybe a hoodie and then you got to remove one and put one back on. Well, when you think about it, we come in at uh, the cool coolest part of the day. It's still dark out. Uh, it, it's very chilly, um, but by the time we leave, it's getting closer to. One of the warmer parts of the day. Yeah, so I have to like bring a suitcase with me. Yeah. <laughs> to work or something. Home repairs uh, from winter causes. Well, I would blame winter for that. Yeah. It, spring just lets you discover it, but winter is what did it. Uh, roadkill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it does seem like springtime kind of brings that out. Uh, how about protecting your plants from the critters? Uh, when you're planting those veggies and other plants, uh, you're going to have to protect them because there's going to be like rabbits out there and all kinds of other little critters trying to gnaw on them. Now, spring break, uh, well, good for the younger people, uh, maybe for the parents. It's another frustrating thing. I don't know. Yeah, trying to figure out somebody, to, especially if you work full time, finding somebody to take care of a child for a week. Uh, that's not easy to do. Uh, tax season. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, got us there. All right. I still say winter is worse than spring. I'm going to stick with that. But that was a, a good case brought against spring. I would have to say that was a, <laughs> definitely a great case. But uh, I'm with you. Uh, winter's the worst for me. But uh, I, I know that there are people that love winter. So Usually fall. Fall seems like everybody's favorite. And then maybe summer's like a 1A or something. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your weather. 95.3 WBCK, uh, something uh, I wrote yesterday, uh, there's a boy missing right now from the Lansing area. Yep, uh, police are searching for 13-year-old Demarion Jones, who was last seen on Monday, April 11th, so that was uh, eight days ago. He was in the 1200 block of Bench Street near the intersection of Perkins Street in Lansing. Yep, Demarion is described as a 13-year-old black male standing 5 feet 5 inches tall and weighing about 128 pounds. He was last seen wearing black jeans, a black hooded sweatshirt, and black and purple foams tennis shoes. Uh, anybody with information on Demarion's whereabouts or disappearance is asked to contact the Lansing Police Department. And we have photos of Demarion as well as the phone number to the Lansing Police Department. If uh, if you were interested in viewing that, um, definitely it'd be nice to get this young man home. Yep. Uh, again, he's been missing since uh, April 11th. So it's been several days. And uh, again, the photos on the website. And um, while you're there, you can also look into other missing persons cases that are ongoing in the area unfortunately uh, as always uh, just too many of those uh, so we're hoping uh, you keep your eyes open and can help solve some of these absolutely and i imagine uh, there's a mom and dad out there worried sick about him right now um, so whenever something like this happens uh, you know those of you with your own children i'm sure think about that uh, and uh whatever you can do to help, to help spread the word and uh, definitely view those photos. And unfortunately, in this case, not much other information about where he may have been headed. Sometimes with uh, these cases, there's indications that they may be going to a certain city to meet up with somebody uh, or some other clues. Uh, this one does not have any of those types of clues at this time. Nope. Uh, we do not know any of that at that time. And sometimes... Some of that stuff is helpful, and other times that it is not always helpful. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it just depends on what the details are, and uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, there are many personal details that uh, we will never hear about and aren't necessary for any of us to know. Yeah. And one thing, too, um, this just popped into my head and I felt like we should share it. There's times when um, you've done these stories and it'll mention, you know, that they're not able to get medication for certain conditions. And there's people that have said, well, why are you sharing that information? That's private. That's medical information that shouldn't be made public. Uh, generally, in that case, it's an instance where they felt uh, either the law enforcement agency or the family felt that it was an important detail to aid in getting her recovered. Right. Um, also to communicate, maybe this person isn't uh, thinking as clearly as they normally would be. Too. Right. And uh, the again, the information that you pass along or that we pass along is given to us by law enforcement. It's it's not something or or directly from the family or from yeah. It's not like we're just trying to find all these details no. that we're not supposed to share. And again, that doesn't relate to the one that we just shared. But it was one of those things I just thought I'd mention because sometimes people ask about it. And uh, you can read that at ninety five three wbck dot com. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, we will have uh, another cash code word coming up at around 9.30. And listen for those at the bottom of the hour uh, throughout the rest of the day and uh, the week as well. And uh, we'll have more cash code words next week. And I think then it wraps up. So lots of opportunities for you to get in on a chance to win $10,000. Yeah, and tomorrow we're going to be meeting our featured pet of the week. Uh, the ladies from the Humane Society of South Central Michigan will join us for that. Uh, Christine Piak's going to check in from Willard Library to let us know what they've got going on this week and next week. And then uh, Emily Lokes will stop by with our weekend uh, box office preview for Celebration Cinema. And if we're really lucky, yeah. Ada Leanne may join us too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to talk to her about what I was did a- leave. I left a space open, so I'm going <laughs> to reach out to her, her dad again tonight, and we'll see if uh, we can work that out. If not, uh, hopefully on Thursday. But a big congratulations to her advancing in the American Song Contest. Lacey and Brandon, we'll be back with you tomorrow morning on WBCK.